Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Thank you for standing by. This is the conference operator. Welcome to the Avino Silver and Goldmine third quarter financial results conference call. As a reminder, all participants are in listen-only mode and the conference is being recorded. After the presentation, there will be an opportunity to ask questions. To join the question queue, you may press star then one on your telephone keypad. Should you need assistance during the conference call, you may signal an operator by pressing star and zero. I would now like to turn the conference over to Jennifer North, Investor Relations Manager. Please go ahead. Thank you, Operator. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Avino Silver and Gold Mines Limited third quarter 2020 financial results conference call and webcast. On the call today, we have the company's president and CEO, David Wolfen, our chief financial officer, Nathan Hart, our chief operating officer, Carlos Rodriguez, and our VP technical services, Peter Lada. Before we get started, please note that certain statements made today on this call by the management team may include forward-looking information within the meaning of applicable securities laws. Forward-looking statements are subject to known and unknown risks, uncertainties, and other factors that may cause the actual results to be materially different than those expressed by or implied by such forward-looking statements. The company does not intend to and does not assume any obligation to update such forward-looking statements or information other than as required by applicable law. For more information, we refer you to our detailed cautionary note in the presentation accompanying this call or on our press release of yesterday's date. I would like to remind everyone that this conference call is being recorded and will be available for replay later today. Replay information and the presentation slides accompanying this conference call and webcast will be available on the website. Thank you. I will now turn the call over to Avino's President and CEO, David Wolfen. David? Thanks, Jen. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Avino's Q3 2020 Financial Results Conference Call and Webcast. Thanks for joining us. Before we begin, please note that the full financial statements and MDNA are now available on our website. On today's call, we will cover the highlights of our third quarter 2020 financial and operating performance, and then we will open it up for questions. Please note that all figures are stated in U.S. dollars unless otherwise noted. Firstly, I'd like to thank our shareholders for their support and patience during the third quarter while the Avena mine was closed due to the strike. This was difficult for everyone, and we are especially appreciative of all who stood by and understood the process we had to go through. In addition, I would like to extend my gratitude to the management team in Mexico led by Carlos Rodriguez, who navigated and negotiated a successful resolution. The strike ended in early October and due to an extended period of inactivity at the mine and before the company can restart operations, a comprehensive evaluation of all underground milling and surface equipment is underway to ensure all are in excellent working condition. Our third quarter operational performance was directly impacted by the 12-week strike action at the Avino mine, which resulted in a decreased production profile for the quarter. 
During the three months ended September 30th, 2020, no mining activity took place. We are setting our sights on 2021 as we look forward to commencing operations and embarking on the exploration program that was delayed during the pandemic and the strike. We will be poised to capitalize on increased metal prices when operations return to normal. During the quarter, Avino continued to move forward with the proposed dry stack tailing storage facility, TSF number two, we're calling it, which is on privately owned uh, Vino land, is permitted and is currently in the final stage prior to commencing construction. The company is looking forward to positive discussions between the community of Panuco de Coronado and the state government, which should help to provide the social approval to move forward with the construction of TSF number two. Their combined support is important to the vitality of the community and will aid in restarting production activities. The restart production activities is expected to provide significant direct economic benefits and stimulus for the local communities. In August, Avino granted Grey Rock, which has since rebranded as Silver Wolf Exploration, the exclusive right to acquire 100% interest in Avino's Ana Maria and El Labyrinto properties in Mexico. The details of the option agreement are as follows. Avino to receive 300,000 share purchase warrants of Silver Wolf at 20 cents for a period of 36 months. Avino to receive 600,000 Canadian in cash or common shares over four years with the first 50,000 in common shares within 30 days of exchange approval. Silver Wolf to incur a total of 750,000 in exploration expenditures on the properties over four years. By divesting of these two assets, Avino limits the cost of maintaining the properties while retaining exposure to any exploration upside through the issuance of shares or warrants. Both properties are on paved road to Avino, which may in the future prove to be beneficial to Avino, which has the right of first refusal to purchase and process any ore or concentrate extracted from the properties for processing. During the quarter, silver and gold prices were volatile, but stayed close to the highs reached in the second quarter, with gold price reaching a high of $2,067 in August, and silver reaching a high of $28.85 in September. Today, we have a gold price above 1900 which has backed off slightly, and the silver price is sitting around $24. I will now ask Nathan Hart of Enos Chief Financial Officer to present the financial results for Q3 2020. Thank you, David. It is my pleasure to be on the call and I would like to welcome everyone who has joined us and is viewing our presentation today. As you can imagine, Avino's operating results were impacted by the previously mentioned strike action at the Avino mine. Having said that, the financial health of the company remains strong as Avino continues with its plan to reduce its debt load during 2020 having lowered its debt liabilities by a further $2 million during the third quarter. This brings total debt reduction for 2020 up to $6.1 million. Working capital at September 30th was $16.9 million compared to $13.8 million at June 30th and $13.2 million at the end of 2019. Our cash balance at the end of the quarter was $12.5 million, up from $10.4 million at June 30th and $9.6 million at the end of 2019. 
During Q3, we generated revenues for mining operations of $2.7 million, which was down 61% compared to Q3 2019. Avino also reported mine operating losses of 200000 for the third quarter, which remains unchanged when compared to Q3 2019. Losses before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization were $4.3 million compared to $1.6 million for Q3 2019, and adjusted losses for Q3 2020 were $0.7 million compared to 100000 in Q3 of 2019. Avino reported net losses after taxes from continuing operations of $4.6 million compared to $1.5 million in Q3 2019, which translates to a loss per share of $0.05 cents from continuing operations for the third quarter of 2020, compared to $0.03 cents in Q3 2019. It should be noted that net losses for Q3 2020 did include non-cash losses to $2.7 million relating to the exercise of warrants in which Avino received proceeds of well over $3 million, as well as unrealized losses on the company's investments in Talisker resources of $1.2 million. Our third quarter consolidated cash costs remained fairly stable at $12.56 compared to $12.74 in Q3 2019. However, our all-in sustaining cash cost for payable silver equivalent ounce did increase to $31.61 when compared to $18.62 for Q3 2019. The increase is a direct result of fewer ounces sold during Q3 2020, as well as additional standby costs of $900,000 associated with maintaining operations during the strike action. Our revenues for mining operations of $2.7 million in Q3 2020 were derived of 31% from silver, 25% from gold, and 44% from copper. Our capital expenditures for Q3 2020 were $400,000 compared to $2.3 million in Q3 of 2019. With the strike action, the company took specific measures to limit any unnecessary capital expenditures during the third quarter. All necessary upgrades and projects have continued on as planned, including the new dry stack tailing storage facility equipment. Finally, I want to reiterate that Avino remains financially strong and exited the third quarter with its strongest balance sheet in almost four years. We have made significant strides in reducing our debt and currently maintain over $20 million in liquidity, including our investment holdings. With current debt representing less than 50% of our cash balance, I am confident that Avino is ready for any market uncertainties and to take advantage of the strong metals market moving into 2021. I will now hand it over to David for a discussion on our plans for the remainder of 2020. Thank you, Nathan. Our plans for the final quarter of the year include, one, continuing with the comprehensive evaluation at the mine site before ramp up of operations. Two, resume the connection between underground levels at the Avino mine. Three, move forward with building the exploration team. Four, independent evaluation of structural controls on the property. Five, and a structural interpretation to provide better understanding and defining new targets within the dozens of veins that exist on the property. The last two quarters have been particularly challenging but we are rounding the corner, and I want to ensure our shareholders that our focus hasn't changed, and we look forward to resuming normal operations and exploration activities as soon as we can. We thank you for your patience and understanding. We are optimistic for the future and a return to business as usual. And finally, I would like to say, 
Another thank you to the teams in Canada and Mexico for their dedication, hard work, and contributions. We would now like to move the call to question and answer portion. Operator. Thank you. We will now begin the question and answer session. To join the question queue, you may press star then one on your telephone keypad. You will hear a tone acknowledging your request. If you're using a speaker phone, please pick up your handset before pressing any keys. To withdraw your question, please press star then two. We will pause for a moment as callers join the queue. First question comes from Jake Tukelski from Alliance Global Partners. Please go ahead. Hey guys, thanks for taking my question. Morning, Jake. Just, just looking at TSF2, um, you're able to give us any additional color on the timeline and, and budget there. Um, you know, is it something you still expect to have completed by by early next year? Pete, do you want to talk about the timeline? Uh, sure, yeah, and then I'll pass it over to Nathan to talk about budget. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's going to be ongoing next year. Uh, we're going to manage the, the construction of TSF-2 with the amount uh, of space that we have in TSF-1 as well as the open pit. Um, so, we, you know, we're going to proceed along as, as fast as we can construct that project. Yeah, and uh, Jake, on a budget, uh, from a budget perspective, we're expecting total costs to come in around $4 million for just about, just about everything involved, all-encompassing. Um, we've paid a bit already on some larger equipment, and we're expecting to make another sizable payment by the end of the year. Uh, and then the rest of it will be uh, labor and materials as we build, you know, the foundations as well as um, a lot of um, a lot of dozing work at on site. And, yeah. and the filter and, press will be ready yeah. for pickup on December 15th, so we're going to uh, put it on uh, freighter to Mexico, so we'll have it uh, possibly by year end or uh, in January. And uh, steel construction work has commenced in Durango. Yeah, that's, the steel construction is underway. Okay, that's that's helpful. Um, and then just just on the exploration front, I mean, it, it seems like that's something that's going to be a top priority heading into next year. I mean, you mentioned David, you're, you're building up the exploration team still. Um, do you have any update on when we should expect to see some details on on next year's program and and, and budget? Uh, yeah, in December, mid December. Um, we'll we'll okay. disclose our budgets. Uh, we're just going over that now, but um, it's going to be a minimum of what we had budgeted for this year, 11,500 meters, possibly more, uh, depending on the targets. Fair enough. That's all from on my end. I'll hop back in the queue. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks, Jake. The next question comes from Heiko Ely from HC Wainwright. Please go ahead. Hey guys, thanks for taking my questions. Hi, Morning, Hiko. Just building a bit on what Jake had said, I mean, you were talking about your secure deposits on the long lead items uh, for the TSF. Can you just sort of give a little bit more color on what is left both on which equipment and, and how much in dollar terms? Pete, do you want to talk about the yeah, sure. So, I mean, a, a dry stack process, the, the, the main component is going to be the, the filter presses. So those are the things that, that we've already put a down payment on. 
Um, regarding the, the steel structure, that's just the, the, the building essentially, and that's an open air building because of the, the, the climactic conditions in Mexico, as you know. Uh, and then there's conveyors. Um, and you know those those would be the three main components if we just lump those into into three things. So uh, we've started on the steel structure, as I said, and, and started incurring costs on that. We've placed the deposit on the filter press, uh, and yet we we haven't yet purchased the conveyors. Does that does that answer your question, or do you want more specific detail with respect to the budget? Uh, well, I mean, if, if, if you're willing to provide more color, that'd be great. Yeah, hi, Coach Nathan here. I can provide a bit of color. So as I mentioned, uh, to, um, responding to Jake, it's about $4 million all in. Uh, filter press come in just over a million. Um, the steel construction and the labor associated with that will be somewhere in the range of one and a half to two. And then the remaining, the conveyors and, and other pieces will round it out to, to the $4 million we talked about. Got it. Okay. Uh, you got your GNA down. You get your GNA down to less than seven hundred grand. I assume a, a good part of that is, is the lack of travel. But are you looking into any other cost savings measures going forward? I mean, I know you hinted at it in the release that you did something. Um, and and if so, what is it, and how much do you think you can squeeze out? Um, yeah, sure. I'll, Heiko, I'll take that one. Um, we made a lot of efforts, especially after 2018 uh, and in 2019, to reduce our GNA down from close to a million a quarter, if not higher, in many quarters. Um, and so we're still looking for improvements there. Obviously, you can see we've made a few additional ones this quarter. Um, yes, lots of travel, um, but we are doing uh, some more marketing and a lot more virtual presentations and virtual conferences and getting getting the message out there about Avino. Um, and of course, you know, with with us being down for three months, we yeah we took a hard look at everything again for you know the third, fourth, fifth time. But um, we're going to do what we can to try and squeeze a bit more out. But at the same time, we understand that you know there's there's marketing efforts that need to be incurred and a lot of other professional fees that still do still do need to be incurred on a quarterly basis. Right. And purely out of curiosity, and then this won't obviously make a big difference to my model, but I mean, I noticed that you still had a small loss from discontinued ops related to Raylorn, and, and, and your MDNA, it says it's for a settlement of work and capital items. Uh, yeah. Just just making sure, that's the, the last thing related to Braylorn. Is there any other thing coming in the quarters to come? Uh, no, there's nothing coming. That was just some final settlements more in Q2, um, and some, a couple movements like little movements in Q3, but that's that's it. That's what I thought. Very helpful. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Aiko. Thank you. The next question comes from Joseph Rieger from Roth Capital Partners. Please go ahead. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking the questions. Thank you. Um, hey. So most of what I wanted to ask has already been touched on, but I, I guess uh, – on the strike and the restart, um, it, it didn't sound like you guys had a specific time frame you were willing to give for for getting back to full operations, and and, and there's some tone about uh you know looking forward to next year. What should we be expecting as far as you know production rates for this quarter? Like, do you think you're going to get one full month of production? You know, a month and a half. What what does that look like? Um, we're not planning to restart so until next year, uh, unless the negotiations with Panuco go 
very quickly. So um, don't look at this year. Start okay. for January. Okay. And then um, when you guys do restart, probably a question for Nathan, what do you think the, the working capital swing will be on a cash basis? Hey, Joe, good question. Um, so we think there's going to be some additional startup costs of a couple million. Uh, obviously, you know, we'll be able to start underground operate, uh, activities uh, sooner than we will milling activities, so there will be a lag um, from getting stockpiled, you know, mining underground, stockpiled the surface, through the mill, and then sold off to, uh, to our buyers. So I think if I were you, I would say about a month and a half lag or a month to a month and a half lag. Um, so maybe we'll incur a couple million in costs that we won't get paid for until, um, say, 45 days down the road. Um, you know, one of the things we, we do want to highlight is we have some fairly strong liquidity and, and a decent balance sheet uh, and very low debt at this time. So we're, uh, we're feeling pretty confident that we'll be able to go through and not take a massive hit to our balance sheet. Okay. Thanks. That's helpful. Thanks, Joe. The next question comes from Matthew O'Keefe from Canada Fitzgerald. Please go ahead. Yeah, thanks, operator. So, yeah, good morning. Um, yeah, just uh, to follow on Rieger's uh, comments there, the, the startup. So you're not, uh, like, what's the sort of delay in, in getting restarted again? Because after the, the COVID uh, shutdown, which I, I know was a lot shorter, um, it was like two or three weeks and you were up and running and, just wondering why it's taking longer this time, and what the um, uh, yeah, and when if there's anything else that you can be doing at this time, be it be it development or or other things um, uh, that don't don't require a, uh, an impact on tailings. Sure, um, we will. We're hoping to start to get in the underground before the year is over and start the underground development work. Um, but during this this the pandemic and the strike and the closure, we've decided that this is the best time to negotiate with the townspeople and um, on the Panuco de Coronado, um, there are a few people there that had opposed traditional tailings. So we've got um, the governor's office helping us to educate them and get their uh, blessing to proceed with construction, so we don't uh, we're not interrupted because we had started on that a while ago, uh, probably a couple of years ago, and then there were some issues. So we found other areas to put tailings, but we don't want to have that problem anymore. We want we want to go to full construction on TSF number two. So um, so we're hoping to get their blessing in the next couple of weeks here. Okay. And I um, I apologize if you mentioned this already, but so what's the tailings capacity, you know, outside of that right now? I mean, it's pretty. Is it quite limited then? I'm guessing. Uh, yeah, um, there's probably about a quarter, or just over a quarter, um, uh, maybe uh, three or four months capacity in TSF number one. It could be expanded, but we don't really want to. I mean, we could build another buttress, and and um, and then in the open pit, there's probably three or four months of capacity. So once we nail down the timing on, uh, you know, getting the social blessing and construction, then we're going to time when we're going to start up milling activities. So um, okay. we're hoping that this will be all done 
very shortly. Okay, great. And then just um, uh, switching gears a bit on the on the development. So I know one of the, one of the things was was connecting the um, uh, the uh, the two port uh, the two portals, so you'd have a you know be able to improve your throughput. Um, what's the timing on that? And what will you be? What will your mining rates be sort of limited to until you get until you get that development completed? Um, hey, Carlos, are you on the line? Do you want to mention when you think we can link up and how long it will take to get uh, level nine to level six? Yeah, sure, David. Sure. Uh, uh, thank you, Matt, uh, for your question. Carlos is here. Um, hey. Yeah. So uh, we have discussed uh, this uh, this uh, connection. Um, for the last uh, few quarters, uh, but uh, yeah, so we are about uh, 400 meters, as I we have mentioned before, uh, to connect uh, both uh, both portals. So um, so it will take it will take something from five uh, to six months to complete the job. Uh, we have the equipment, uh, just matter of uh, restart mining there and. Uh, and high, rehire uh, the, the the jumbo operators and uh, and uh, all miners and everything. So five months, I, I would say five months to complete the job and connect both both, both uh, portals. Okay. And your throughput? What was what's kind of your throughput uh, going to be limited to until you get that completed? And then where do you expect to go after that's completed? Yeah, I, uh, yeah. As uh, we had discussed also in the past. Uh, yeah, at the moment we have a uh, mill capacity for uh, 20, uh, 2,500 tons per day. Um, so I think, uh, you know, easily we can reach uh, 26, 27, 2,800 tons per day. So howlish, uh, or howlish, and then, uh, yeah, have a, a, a booster uh, on, on surface. So, um, so I think that we will cover by that. By that. Okay. Okay. Uh, no, that's, that's that's fun. I was just uh, trying to look ahead here a little bit uh, as I refine my model. Thanks very much. Thank you. Once again, if you have a question, please press star then one on your telephone keypad. The next question comes from Bruce Shapiro, a private investor. Please go ahead. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, most of my uh, questions about uh, commencement of operations were answered uh, prior, but I was curious about the strike itself. Can you discuss what was asked for and what was given uh, to settle the strike? Uh, well, that's not disclosed, but um, the the strike uh, threat started last year when we closed the San Gonzalo mine because we were laying off 75 workers. We made some concessions and we moved half those people over to the Avena mine. And then the local labor leaders kept making more demands, not financial, but operational. And we couldn't live with that. So they struck and then we made a settlement, which is being finalized now. Thank you. Was the strike in any way connected with the, the uh, coronavirus um, and concern about that? No. All right, thank you. Thank you. This concludes the question and answer session. I would like to turn the conference back over to Mr. David Wolfen for any closing remarks. Thank you to everyone 
that took the time today to listen to our Q3 earnings call and webcast. As I said earlier, we appreciate the patience of all our stakeholders, and we look forward to resuming normal operations as soon as we can. As we look towards the future, we are optimistic that metal prices will continue to rise, and we believe that the demand for metals will continue to grow. Further, Avino has fostered its resiliency initiative and enterprise over its 52-year history by having a large land position in a prolific area with a producing mine and multiple exploration targets, surviving the lean times, implementing cost reduction initiatives when needed, and knowing the right time to uh, expand that will improve operations. We are committed to bringing value to our shareholders. We hope that everyone is staying healthy and, and safe during COVID. And just yesterday, Pfizer said that early data shows that their vaccine to be 90% effective. So we hope that th- this is the case and more vaccines around the world will start proving the same. Thanks again, everyone, and have a good day. Thank you. This concludes today's conference call. You may disconnect your lines. Thank you for participating and have a pleasant day. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.